Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Big day in Major League Baseball. Derek Jeter, one vote away from a unanimous selection to the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker, as he sit on the MLB Network. Great player, Hall of Famer, well-deserved, but... He's like the B-lister in all of this. So a funny moment from the two of those guys, no doubt. Let's welcome in one of my favorites to talk about these proceedings. I do a lot of television with this guy over at SNY. He is a Hall of Fame voter. He is a well-respected baseball historian who's been covering the sport for a very, very long time. My main man, Anthony McCarron. He joins us. Anthony, good evening, my friend. How are you? I'm good, JJ. How you doing? All right, Anthony, obviously Derek Jeter, this was a day that we had circled for a long period of time. You knew the minute Jeter retired in 2014 that at this point in 2020, when this Hall of Fame class rolled around, he was going to get in and get in on the first ballot. Now, he's one vote away from the unanimous selection, and I got to be honest with you, Anthony, it doesn't bother me. Now, look, should he be unanimous? Yes. There are plenty of guys who should have been unanimous. But he's going in on the first ballot. I mean, he's got the second highest total in the history of the Hall of Fame. It's very tough for me to get all worked up about this. That said, curious to get your take. How'd you feel when you found out Jeter one vote away from the unanimous selection? Well, ultimately, JJ, you're right. He's in the right place. I mean, he got to Cooperstown, and it wasn't it wasn't hard for him to get there as it should be. You know, do I think he should have been 100? percent Yeah. Uh, I just don't get the argument for not voting for him. I mean, unless there was some strategic maneuver there, as in, you know, Derek Jeter doesn't need my vote. He's getting in anyway. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to vote for, and I'm picking a name out of a hat, Billy Wagner, because Billy Wagner needs support uh, on the ballot. Unless it was something like that, you know, which I guess has happened in the past. Um, I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't vote for Derek Jeter. I mean, are you obsessed with his defensive metrics? And you think that he was a bad shortstop? I mean, I, you know, my re- rejoinder to that is the Yankees, uh, you know, uh, every year were a playoff team. Uh, they won five World Series championships. That doesn't happen if your shortstop is a terrible defensive player, okay? If he's not making all the routine plays. Why isn't this guy a Hall of Famer? I, I, you know, in, in one person's, one voter's eyes, I don't get it. But, you know, like you say, we do a little hand-wringing tonight on it and uh, maybe grind on it a little bit and then, you know, then we look forward to induction day in July. You were a guy that covered Derek Jeter for a good chunk of his career. You witnessed a lot of great Derek Jeter moments. So which one stands out to you the most? I mean, there are so many different ones to choose from, but in your years covering Jeter and covering those great Yankee teams, what comes to mind? 
Well, I mean, the one that sort of uh, embodied everything that to me that he was as a player uh, perfectly encapsulated was the, the moment uh, in, in, the, in that Red Sox midsummer game in 04 where he dove into the stands after the foul ball. Um, you know, if you look at that play and, you know, it's on all of his highlight reels, but it was special be- to me because it didn't happen in the postseason and it didn't happen in, you know, this clutch moment. It was just a thing. And it was just the, it, it exemplified the way he played and as competitive as, and as confident and tough as he was. And it also, because of the way it ended up with him going space first into the stands, it sort of brought Derek Jeter the celebrity into it too because he comes out and his you know that that face that uh, you know that launched a thousand crushes uh was bleeding so he's got you know that part of it entered into it too and uh you know i thought it was just a a, a good moment you know because it just showed what kind of a player he was what kind of grit he had anthony i got him in 2014 as a guy who had tickets to Derek Jeter's final game, I was pretty nervous because the Yankees were eliminated from postseason contention. There were a whole lot of questions about whether or not the game would be played on a day where it basically rained cats and dogs, the skies clear at night for Derek Jeter to take center stage one last time. And of course, in Derek Jeter-like fashion, it goes picture perfect. You get a beautiful night. The Yankees get Derek Jeter on the field. David Robertson gives you one of the best blown saves in the history of the sport, only to set the stage for Jeter to come through in the bottom half of the ninth inning in walk-off fashion. Storybook, to say the least. And I guess that final game and that final curtain kind of sums up the Jeter tenure. Absolutely, JJ. The worst thing any opponent could ever do with this guy is to leave a moment out there for him because it sure seemed like he cashed in on a whole bunch of them during his career. And that was, that was obviously a big one. And it was a great, it was a great way to him for him to end things too. Uh, you know, I mean, storybook, you know, we've laughed for years about the idea that Jeter's, Jeter's life is perfect and, and is a movie. Well, I mean, if you, if you presented me with the script that you've been working on, uh, JJ, that I got a sports movie idea, hero gets the walk off hit in his last home game at the end of a story career, I'd say, thanks for the cliche, JJ, thanks for the, you know, over hackneyed nonsense, but it came true. It was true. It was Derek Jeter. And it's just amazing stuff. I, you know, I, I, for, for SNY's website, I talked to um, the scout that signed him uh, yesterday, uh, Dick Roach, uh, great guy, really nice man. I took some time out to, uh, to, to t- give me some Jeter memories. Uh, and one of the things he said during our conversation was that Jeter was uh, always an extra turn of the knob towards success than even, you know, the other guys, the other great players out there. And I think that that was all that all came to play in, in the way he would seize those big moments like that. We're spending a couple minutes with Anthony McCarron over at SNY. And Anthony, when you look at the case of Larry Walker, I have to admit, my opinion has changed over the last couple of years because of how loaded the ballot has been. I did not list Larry Walker on my ballot, but in his final year of eligibility, I took a look at the numbers one last time, and I got to admit, I was convinced moving forward that he should be in Cooperstown. Three batting titles, well over 300 batting average, OPS over 950 for his career, tremendous defense out right field, talking about gold gloves, and I know a lot of people want to penalize Larry Walker for all those years he played at Coors Field, I, for one, think that's kind of unfair. Are you going to do that? Are you going to penalize a pitcher 
for pitching in a pitcher-friendly ballpark? Are you going to penalize a hitter hitting in, I don't know, Yankee Stadium if you're a left-handed batter with power or Fenway Park if you're going to take advantage of the Green Monster or whatnot? I, for one, looked at Larry Walker and came to the realization he belonged in Cooperstown. Very happy to find out that he ends up getting enshrined. Yes, I agree, JJ. I've, I've been voting for him for the last few years. I think one of the things that uh, really hurt Walker's candidacy and why it took for his took until the last uh, year uh, of eligibility for him to get in is the fact that the ballot was so crowded uh, for so long. There's some really good and have been some really good candidates, even with all the guys who have gotten in lately. There have been guys who there have been players on, on the ballot for a long time now who are really worthy and deserving of a lot of consideration. And you can only vote for 10 of them every year. And, and so I think that probably tamped down some votes for Walker. And it took some, some clearing out of guys, uh, you know, like last year when several got in, which was that was a good sign for, for Walker to, to have a, sh- a real shot this year. And he cashed in on it. Uh, you know, the other thing about him, J.J., is that he, he had some injury issues during his career. Um, you know, but if you ever watched Larry Walker play, uh, especially in his prime, you, you knew that you were watching one of the most supremely talented uh, players of this era. And, you know, he really was a, he was a wonderful offensive player and he was a tremendous defensive player. And I, I think this is a, it's a great thing that he made it. And, uh, you know, the ballot clearing out had a lot to do with it. But uh, but Larry Walker's a Hall of Famer and right where he should be, too. Anthony, looking at the case for Todd Helton now, he's gained some momentum the last few years. But that Coors Field bias maybe has hurt him in the way that it's hurt Larry Walker. Do you see Helton having a much better chance to get in because of what has now transpired here with Larry Walker getting in? I would argue Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer. Look at the eight or nine years of dominance, 145-plus RBI-type years. You think Walker getting in is going to help? Yes, I don't think he'll make a gigantic leap and get in as early as next year, but I do think that he profiles as one of those kinds of guys who will add votes uh, as the voting goes on. Uh, You know, we might get some – we might – we'll probably get at least one guy off of the ballot again next year. Uh, I think Kurt Schilling is going to have enough momentum to get in next year, and that always helps because – you know, there are, there are plenty of voters who are voting to the limit, 10. I'm one of them. I didn't vote for Helton this year, but I certainly gave him strong consideration and will do so again going forward. Uh, and it's easier if I've got spots on my ballot. And now two are open up from this year. And if Schilling goes in, that's another one. And, and there aren't next year, there isn't a huge uh, class of automatics coming in. So, uh, so there may be room for him to make uh, to make some moves towards eventual election, but probably not, you know, as soon as next year. I'm glad you mentioned Kurt Schilling. Look, full disclosure here, Anthony. I think Kurt Schilling is very tough to take. I find him very unlikable, but he's without a doubt a Hall of Famer to me. I mean, if you're going to tell the tale of baseball and you're going to talk about one of the most dominant pitchers over the last 25 to 30 years, the big game experience in Arizona combined with the Boston Red Sox. He belongs in Cooperstown. So as a guy who is a Hall of Fame voter, did you have Kurt Schilling on your ballot? I do vote for Kurt Schilling, J.J., yes. Uh, based on his career on the mound uh, and only his career on the mound, uh, he, uh, he deserves it. Uh, he was a tremendous clutch uh, postseason performer. Uh, his, his postseason numbers are uh, remarkable, and he was dynamite during the regular season, too. I think, uh, you know, he's maybe been hurt by – the lack of so-called counting stats in, in, in some ways that he has. But, 
you know, we obviously don't look at the win the way we used to, but maybe when he first got on the ballot, maybe some voters were penalizing him because he's got kind of a low win total. Um, you know, but now that should be moving, you know, out of their thinking. And, and, and you look at some of the other stuff that he was able to accomplish as a pitcher, and it's all Hall of Fame worthy. Anthony, I got to admit, I'm getting sick and tired of asking about this. This is becoming the same old song and dance year after year after year. But here we are, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds on the outside looking in. They don't gain a whole lot of momentum hovering around 60% or so. And they're Hall of Famers to me. Look, it is impossible to look at baseball with the most dominant hitter of his generation and one of the most dominant pitchers of his generation and not to have them enshrined, to me, it just throws me for a loop. So I always love to ask the guys who do have a say, who do have a position of power, where exactly do you stand on the cheaters? And for the premier, the best of the best, Clemens and Bonds, do you have them in? I did not uh, vote for them early uh, in their candidacies, but I switched over to starting to vote for them and have for the last few years. JJ, and I do think that they ought to be in a place called uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame because they're two of the most the, obviously supremely talented and famous baseball players of all time. And I think that, you know, to, to take the steroid era into proper perspective in the game's history, I think you need to have somebody uh, in the Hall of Fame from that era that was a controversial player because I think people will take it more seriously and and be aware of the history more than if you had a dusty uh, exhibit in a side room that said, oh, yeah, this guy was a great player, but he's, you know, he's been tainted by performance-enhancing drugs. I don't think that has the same impact. Put, the, put it on their plaque if you want to, that they did, that they did what they did, and you know, if that's how you want to take it out of their hide, I guess, that's fine with me. But you know, Bonds won seven MVPs. He's the all-time home run leader. Uh, he's the all, uh, has a home run record. Clemens won seven Cy Young Awards. Uh, how are they not part of the story of this game? And how are they not featured in the place that celebrates the game in some way, even if you want to celebrate them in a sort of a negative way? If you go there and you're anti-steroid and, and you see their plaque and it makes you angry, okay, embrace those feelings. That's cool. Uh, you know, I, to me, it's a little bit different with the guys who failed the drug tests after the drugs came in. But, you know, it's not the Hall of Saints, and it's, you know, everybody wants to act like this is, the, you know, impugning the integrity of the game. Well, is the game, does, does baseball act with integrity all the time? I mean, we're in the middle of one of the biggest scandals right now in baseball history with the sign stealing. So, you know, I mean, this isn't, we're not talking about, uh, you know, the hallowed halls. I mean, that's, that sounds nice, but it, it doesn't really practice in real life. And those two guys, beyond any of the other players who, who who have their drug histories, had an impact on this game, and it ought to be recognized in Cooperstown. Before we get you out of here, I came on the air this year throughout the baseball season, and last year for that matter, making the case that when his time comes, CC Sabathia will absolutely be enshrined in Cooperstown. You look at how judging a pitcher has changed dramatically. In this era of bullpens, guys not going deep in the games like they once did. I don't think the numbers of 300 wins and some of those threshold-type numbers we've had in the past are going to be the case for the modern-day pitchers. So, looking into the crystal ball, thinking a couple of years down the line, we're going to find CC Sabathia in Cooperstown? 
I, I think he is going to get it, uh, JJ. I think he's got a very strong case uh, for Cooperstown. Um, you know, I, I, it's been fun. It's funny because over the length of his time with the Yankees, I've had many an argument with a Yankee fan or another journalist about the, the, the value and the worth of that contract that he signed with them. And everybody was, you know, this was, of course, after he had started to, to, to be on the downside of his career, and he wasn't as good as he was when he first arrived in 09 when he was simply one of the best pitchers in baseball and continued to be that for a few years in Yankee pinstripes. And everybody keeps saying, well, you know, that it wasn't worth it. Look at him now. Look at him now. And it's like, you know what? This guy has put so much into the bank and then had a resurgence after a down period in his career, after he reinvented himself, that added, I think, a, a, a nifty dimension to his career that will really enhance his his um his candidacy. I love what he did in Milwaukee when he laid his career and his free agency on the line to try to get the Brewers deep into the playoffs, pitching every third day, being incredible while doing it. Uh, you know, he obviously won a Cy Young in Cleveland, and then he was the head of a uh, of a playoff rotation in pinstripes for for a while as well. You know, he accumulated a bunch of really nice counting numbers. He was the one of the best pitchers in baseball for an extended period of time. Uh, you know, CC's got my vote as far as I'm concerned. Anthony McCarron over at SNY. Anthony, appreciate a couple of minutes. Outstanding perspective on all this good stuff. And I'll be seeing you on Saturdays throughout the baseball season. I'll be here before you know it, my friend. Yeah, same here, JJ. <laughs> Great stuff there from Anthony McCarron. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.